What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of Masses of None presents Weird Albums. I am Jay from the Masses of None podcast. With me, of course, is my co-host, Jay Shinoin. What's up, Jay? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going swell. I got a beer and we're ready to go because we're going off the deep end. 1992, Weird Al's seventh studio album. This one comes after a couple years off after UHF, his kind of second failure after Polka Party. So another regrouping for Al. And he, he comes uh, comes out hot on this one. This one went gold or platinum. I think he won, won in the comedy Grammy again, right? Yeah, this one, he comes out swinging for sure. I'm telling you, every time he takes a couple years off, it pays off. It's always a good idea for him to let it marinate. Take some time. Really pay some attention to those songs. Except that he comes back in an era where music is trash. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. So trash. He really does well with what was popular at the time. And yes. oh my God, did he not have much good to choose from. It was like Teen Spirit had just hit, I believe, at, the, at around that time. So it was he kind of the beginning. This what? time period in interviews and stuff about how... He was kind of waiting for the next big thing because he knew he did not have a big single for the next album. Ah, and I believe he had at least the concepts of all of the other parodies on the album and was like, there's no really good got him one to put at the beginning of it yet. And he had asked a couple people for different ideas. He was gonna go back to a food Michael Jackson song. The oh. newest Michael Jackson album had black and white on it. He was gonna make a song called Snack All Night. <laughs> And Michael Jackson was like, no, I think the subject matter of that song is too. He pulled a coolio. I think the subject matter of Gangsta's Paradise is way too sacred. That'll come back in a later episode. I'll make fun of coolio some more. So really, Michael Jackson said no to that? Yeah. And so he kind of went back to the drawing board. And I think this might be the album where he went to Paul McCartney and wanted to do a parody of Live and Let Die. Chicken Pot Pie. Chicken Pot Pie. Well, thank God Nirvana came along. I now along. sing that frequently after learning that fact. <laughs> well, thank God Nirvana came along, not only just for music in general, but also for Weird Al. Uh, That's what I was, was thinking when looking through the music of that that era. I was like, wow, no kid. Like, not only was he grateful that they came along because he was like, "That's the parody I got to do," but thank goodness for music and and my ears because a lot of the stuff that I grew up on came as a result of the. The grunge and punk boom of the 90s, so. All right, so let's take a listen then to track number one. It's Smells Like Nirvana. Well, we don't like Madonna. Here we are now. We're Nirvana. Sing distinctly. We don't want to buy our album. We're Nirvana. A garage band from Seattle. Well, it's your beats. Raise the I had to play a long one of that one because all, all that is great. Yeah, extremely long audio clip. And I don't question at all why all of those parts needed to be showcased. The chorus is great. And we're going back to where he's kind of riffing on the band and the music and the situation and the in, the absurdity of it all, which we like when he goofs on the music itself. Yeah, and uh, this band liked that too. Nirvana was yep. like, 
one of few bands I feel like that you could be like, can I make fun of you in this song? And they would be very on board. Kurt Cobain was a huge comedy fan. Like he loved anything ridiculous. You know the famous Bobcat Goldthwait story? Uh, no, please tell me. So he, he like would go on tour with Nirvana and kind of open up for them and just get destroyed and pelted with stuff. People hated him, but Kurt Cobain just loved him and thought he was hilarious. And his most famous incident was he repelled from the ceiling of like the L.A. Coliseum at New Year's, dressed as the New Year's baby <laughs> during her Nirvana show. Uh, I knew he did shows with him. I did not know the New Year's baby story. I was wondering what, yeah. what story you thought was like the Bobcat story. That's very fun. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great parody. Of course, the, the video was iconic. Weird Al's video, you know, version of their ver- video is super iconic. And it's so great. So we we have our second ever gargling solo. Yeah, and welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> yeah, gargling sure and then into lasagna. kazoos. I'm like also underused in. And then music. he throws in like a trombone in there, yeah. which is awesome too. The cow noises. It's got all the great Weird Al stuff that we love. It's uh, uh, dare I we love say that a- you threw in the the cow noise because that's one of my favorite things is the sound effects he throws in those those gaps Same. where the instruments drop out the din and one of my favorite ones is when it's just his voice and he goes hi <laughs> yep i wanted this part in and then when i first recorded it like the clips i didn't i got the i just did the first verse and chorus and then i came and then i was listening to it today and i was like oh my god i forgot about this i need to re-record the clip that we're going to use in the show because that part is so fantastic and dare i say it it's it's a perfect parody absolutely it's really carries this entire album for parodies if we're being honest oh, it's easily. it's a great album but the rest of the parodies are so filler in comparison to this piece de resistance that i'm not saying it's a bad album because it really does only need one this great to with the originals that are on here to carry it the whole way and it does but this is absolutely that one i also cannot let us talk about this song without highlighting the line, it's hard to bargle nargles out with all these marbles in my mouth. <laughs> it's one of the best comedy lines I think has ever been written. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Your favorite parody for the album, but not mine, Jay. Interesting. I yeah. am intrigued. That is absolutely my favorite parody on this album. And it, it's only not mine because I'm just so sick of Smells Like Teen Spirit on its own. Sure. I'm, I mean, thank God for this version of it, but... There's another one on this album coming up that I was I just completely forgot about and was just so tickled by how ridiculous it is, which kind of goes against my philosophy on this similar parody from an old album. So we'll get into okay. that soon. I so, do got to say, track- though, that I absolutely understand it affecting you wanting to listen to the Al version of a song if you have just heard the actual song too many times or if you really yeah. don't like it. That can absolutely affect... I don't really want to listen to the parody about, you know, whatever, Chili Cheese Dogs, because it's set to the tune that I don't like. I get that. And, of course, the cover of this album is the one of Al as the baby from the Nirvana album, going after a donut underwater. Yeah, someone asked me if we were worried about getting sued by that guy when we did this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, track two. This is, Jay, my favorite original, By a Hair. It is not my favorite original by a hair. This is so close second place and not picking this as my favorite hurts very badly. It's trigger happy. Got an AK-47, well you know it makes me feel alright. Got an Uzi by my pillow, helps me sleep a little better at night. 
feeling any greater than to shoot first and ask questions later. Now I'm trigger happy, trigger happy every day. Love that awesome Beach Boys surf pastiche style parody, as you like to call it. Pistachio, as Wally likes to call it. I greatly prefer Pistachio. <laughs> it's, it's just fantastic. a great song. It's, it's so funny. The cheery happy mixed with the dark the dark lyrics, as usual. And you could not do this this song now. He could not do this song now. No, a note that I wrote was, boy, how times have changed since this song was written, house. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy you had that ready to go. I didn't know what that was going to be. If it was going to be a rim shot or a laughter or applause, but that was perfect. <laughs> I had to reformat the recorder, and it's just got these four little sound pad buttons. <laughs> I guess it just randomly assigns stuff to them when you like factory reset this infernal contraption that hasn't been working in the past few weeks. So that was awesome. The weird gods are looking down upon us today. If you look at any time Al has a song where you're like, could someone be offended by this subject matter? Usually he is approaching it from an angle that you're like, if you were going to get mad at this, you would have to be such a ridiculous person to be offended <laughs> by the angle that he is really going for. And there True. are absolutely people that would be offended by this song now because they would think it was making fun of them. But yeah, my personal is. stance is if, if you ever find yourself on the side that where you feel the need to defend yourself against Weird Al, maybe re-evaluate your situation. <laughs> Imagine being a young Al fan that throws this out. You're digging into the back catalog. You're like, oh, oh, my dad likes Nirvana. Let's check this one out. And then track two, you're like, what? We had... Six drills this week for gun violence in school. Why is he? Yeah. Why is he Brian Wilsoning this up? <laughs> this is in poor taste. All right. Track three, I, I don't have a clip of because it's it's pretty bad. It's a parody of You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer called you, I Can't Watch This. Yeah, we can't listen to this. We can't listen to this. It's, <laughs> it's not great. Uh, he says... I can't watch this so many times in that song. I'm so sick of hearing it by the end of it. <laughs> it's not great. He kind of repeats the same bit on like the bridge. Like, I can't the, watch the this. Clips. He gets yeah. so much better at rapping over the course of his career. He does. He's definitely better than he was uh, last album. Sure. As popular rap got more technical and more evolved and requiring yeah, a, a little more talent, Al had to keep up. And, and he yeah, really he's, did. He's damn good by the time White and Nerdy comes around. For sure. Pentiums, too. Number four, track four, is the Polka Medley. Again, the Polkas are creeping up towards the top of the albums these days. Probably he knew how bad. <laughs> this one definitely like declined, especially parody-wise. And he, and he just crams so many songs into this. There's like a, at least 350 songs that he crams. <laughs> that is false. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so many songs that Wikipedia had to like have a separate tab you had to open to list all of the songs that are in this thing. For specifically, uh, but, Polka Your Eyes Out, which is probably my favorite of the Polka titles. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's take a little listen to uh, one of my favorite parts. Give you away the things you say. You're unbelievable. Oh! Do me, baby. Oh! Do me, baby. Oh! 
I was like, are we still going? We're still going. Oh, it's the Humpty Dance. That's fine. This is a perfect poker, man. This is what I want from him. I let you go off. I didn't want to interrupt you when we were doing UHF and you were talking about how much you loved the Hot Rocks polka. I don't really like that one because we lost the formula where it's just give me the greatest hits of the last three years in a polka sped up to like 1.8 times. (laughs) Uh, Do not repeat any of your... Your artist, and it just being the whole thing with them is it's usually taking a bunch of songs that aren't meant to fit together. And the issue with doing one artist is all of those songs are meant to fit together, so it's not that impressive when they do to me. And in this case, so you're saying every Rolling Stone song fits together? I think their decades long career suggests perhaps the same thing. They still play shows. <laughs> all right, see, I didn't love this one that much. I think it was almost too many, too many damn songs in it. Oh, I think this is a perfect polka. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. Track five is, uh, according to Wikipedia, our second Tony OK. <laughs> uh, I saw that. I disagree. No, I have this is... actually looked up Tony OK since the recording of our first episode. Yeah, it's I listened a, to some it's of It's a good listen, and, and I suggest looking up a couple of those singles. They're, they're good songs that fit into that kind of new wave style that Al was very clearly into at the early part of his career. Yeah, this one to me, so it starts off with like a super slow, which kind of reminded me of Queen, like how they, they'll do those like operatic, you sure. know. You yeah, know, it's like a choir pieces. intro. Yeah, yeah. And then it kicks into this kind of punk thing, which to me was like more sex pistol-y, like plastic Bertrand. Just It's it's fun. It's not really funny per se. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to nail song. down to, to one artist for sure. Yeah. So let's take a listen. When I said that I need you, baby, when I told you that I really care. When I said that I can't live without you, when I said I'd follow you anywhere. When I said you could always trust me, when I said I'd never leave you flat. Well, guess what? I was only kidding, baby. I can't believe you fell for that. You're so gullible. I was only kidding. I was only kidding. I was only kidding. You thought that was for real? I was only kidding. It's not really funny. There's not a lot of jokes in it. It's just kind of like a pretty straightforward, like like punk tune, which which is fun. It's not particularly great either, but it's just good. It's like it. good. It's a good time. There's something going on with the mixing that makes this song less enjoyable for me to listen to than it should be. There's something going very on with the raw, rhythm section and the low end being drowned out by. I don't know mm. why there's a guitar that is constantly soloing. But it is way too high in the mix, and you can't even really hear the rhythm guitar. I would like this song so much more if it was just mixed properly, and you could not... If the main focal point was not always one squealing guitar. I don't know why it runs the entire length of the song. Well, could it be, Jay, that this is the first full album that Al produced by himself without Rick Derringer? Well, that is true. Maybe this is just Al kind of still finding his way as a producer. Or maybe for the last six albums, he's been going, I want a song where the whole three <laughs> minutes, there's just a squealing guitar way too high in the mix. 
and Rick Derringer was like, into no. your brain like ecstasy pills. And Derringer was like, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting my name on this with that sounding that way. <laughs> I really wanted that full-on garage vibe, I guess. So, yeah, that's it's a solid song. I do like yeah. the the lyric when he's like, I forget exactly what he says, but at some point the woman that he was only only kidding, and sorry I broke your heart, but they were just jokes. He says that she has a gun in some way, and then he says, hey, watch where you're pointing that thing. And <laughs> there's very few deaths on this album, but there's a couple instances of Al facing his own death and kind of needing to talk his way out of it, and this is the it's first true. Time. The body count gets the tables turned on Al a little bit. Track six... So this is where it gets into the real early 90s, just woof. Although I guess you could say that about, you can't touch this as well. But we go we go hard on the new kids on the block here. <laughs> Parody of the right stuff called the white stuff. Let's listen to this. The first one was a sweet one. Second one was a blast. Soon I finished off the bag, ate them up real fast. You can see them in my teeth. Ted, when I talk, had so many. Of course, we get the Oreo. That's the reason to do this song. Is is that, that right there? First. That's the thing that you come up with that you go, okay, I'll write it. And and that mixed with the white stuff, it's great. And as as I was listening to this, I saw the title come up first. I'm like, the white stuff. What the hell is this? No idea what it was going to be. And I was like, oh my god. And what's great too is you don't even know what it is exactly until he gets to that first chorus. I thought he was talking about cocaine. <laughs> for the first course if you listen to it you're like yeah this could kind of be about cocaine as well man derringer bowed out and al went hard on the next album i've been trying to sing about blow this whole time but i kind of like this verity because it's so specific and silly and it works perfectly with the song and, is this and your I, choice for favorite parody nope but okay. i do i do like it <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a good time it's not bad i do have a weird soft spot for these and it's specifically this like two-year time period digital drums that sound exactly like this they're so airy they're so strange sounding and it's always Mm -hmm. that triple snare that you hear in this and pretty much every like new kid song and every like mall pop song from this period where it's the bass and then the snare needs to go all three (laughs) real fast (laughs) yeah it's a very specific sound so again, now we're, we're talking about how there wasn't a lot to choose from at this time. I could have sworn like the New Kids didn't even make it that far into the '90s. They're more like late '80s, but I guess they made it that far. My sister was a huge fan, huge fan, which made me as the older brother a huge anti-New Kids, as as you have to be. Sure, as the older brother. As the younger but, brother, I had to be anti-Hanson in sixth grade. So, oh boy, yeah, I get same it. thing, same vibe. So I came around on that Hanson album, by the way. Middle of nowhere is all right. Umbop's a freaking banger. I've, I've always Dust Brothers know what they're doing, song. and you know what? So do those Mormon boys. Leave them alone. They do. I mean, it's it's 45 seconds too long, that song, and it takes them like a minute and a half to get to the chorus. I mean, I would fix that if I was their producer, say, but it blew up anyway, so who am I? 
So looking back, as we did a few albums ago, we kind of looked looked back and said, was there anything that Al missed that we could maybe do a pretty a pretty good job with? Maybe he could have tried this or that. Uh, we'll call we'll call this weird alternatives, weird alternatives, or uh, or alt or alts, weird alts. I don't know. You, One of you, our fans commented on a post of mine either today or yesterday and said they've loved listening to the show and hearing how the format of the show develops over the episodes and how new new sections get thrown in. And I was like, yeah, there's no consistency to that. We're not going to know <laughs> what an episode of this show sounds like until we're on the last one. I mean, we try and throw in some sort of bit that we put a little bit of effort into at some point, so... I was looking at the list. So what I do when we do these, I, I look up the, the number one hits of the the years before the album came out, in between the albums. It's my method. And boy, as well. looking at the the number one hits of ninety and ninety one, I could barely come up with anything. Just it based was on rough, this. right? This was yeah. harder than it was last time we did this. Yeah, and I'm just like looking at these, like just trying to rack my brain. And the first time we did it, it was pretty easy because there were a lot of. I, I don't know. It was it was the 80s, and there was just a lot of maybe words that rhymed with other words, but this was rough. Well, and there I mean, were some missed opportunities that he didn't go for songs that wound up being hits that now we have, you know, 2020 Vision looking back. We're, well, that song's timeless. It's still around. Everybody knows Walking on Sunshine, so it was very easy to go, all right, that. This time period, right. there are alarmingly few songs that are still around. Barely anything. How did we survive? What else? Did, that's that's back when pe- there were books. People read books instead of listening <laughs> to bad music. Remember that? <laughs> and there was books. no internet, kids. We still that made it. That too. So how many? I I really only came up with one that I feel good about. Okay. And I picked it specifically because you you said I better not pick an Amy Grant song because you love her. Loved well, her it's because she was my first concert. But yeah, I'll I'll stick up for Amy. I heard you you converted to whatever religion she was pushing secretly. Is that right? It wasn't secret. She was a Christian artist. She just had some secular mainstream breakthrough hits <laughs> that happened to fall in the time period of 1989 to 1992. She was she was cute. She was like the cute Christian girl. I probably wouldn't ask about the circle. that she's oh, uh, destined for eternal salvation. That's probably what you found cute. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other way with that, but okay. Like she was destined to like go down the tubes and end up in a porno or something like that. No, she has the light of Jesus Christ in her heart. All right. Well, hey, good for her. So I came up with a parody of uh, of her song "Baby Baby," and sure. I, I changed it to "Gravy Gravy." I did the so same thing. A... No way! Shut the but, hell up. But I came up with two, and I wasn't proud of this one. So go <laughs> ahead. That's all. I, got. I only got the title, but you I would only got would... "Gravy Gravy." That's it. That's all. This I got. is why I told you not to do it because I was actually putting effort into it. Yeah, I I completely forgot until five minutes before the show. This was your idea this week. I know. Tell me about it. It's been a Don't busy worry. Week I you. not only finished that one for you, but I came up with an even better one. So first off, the lyrics to that one are gravy, gravy. You jiggle when there's motion. Want to sail my gravy boat into an ocean. <laughs> I even gave you the bridge. Probably someday. I can't believe I'll have that artery one. corrosion. I just can't deny. I love pouring you over food. I just can't believe we both came up with the same exact That's title. the easiest one. It's so obvious. That is the lowest hanging <laughs> Amy Grant fruit. Gravy's right there. It's obvious. You know what's not obvious? What I actually did here is I'm swapping one out. 
I'm getting rid of, I can't watch this. I want to hold on to the concept. I'm going to keep the theme that TV at this time is bad. And the narrator does not like any of the TV. It's to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. It's called Why Did They Hire These Writers? Why did they hire these writers? If nobody likes it, why did they green light it? I got a verse for you. Who's the boss in Quantum Leap? Night Court Supermarket Sweep, a different world, Golden Girls, and head of the class. Sitcom can, laughter full, house and family matters growing, pains rotting our brains, Alf is eating cats. Dude, bravo. Thank you. I, I would give you a standing ovation if I were not already standing. Do you know how mad I got at Billy Joel when I was like, you had everything that had happened ever to choose from when you were trying to make <laughs> rhymes. I have three years of television. Dude, that's very, very impressive. My week was completely eaten up by creating a parody of the Serial Podcast with Jimmy Stir's audio and trying to fix all the audio. So that's where all my energy went this past week. I'm still mentally and physically drained from editing that show. But it was all worth it. I mean, where do we go from there? It can only go down. Uh, and it does with track seven, <laughs> which I did not bring a clip from. Didn't really care for this one. This is a pure original. It's just kind of like a slow to mid-tempo rock tune. If What was it called? Uh, when I was your age, it's kind of, it's yeah, it's the background music you hear at the Hard Rock Cafe. Like It's a weird kind of Al original that doesn't really light my fire in any way, shape, or form. The lyrics are kind of similar to what I said about Fat, where it's it's a lot of street jokes, and then he, he does write his own stuff and kind of fill it out, but a lot of it is either very similar or inspired by the same old, oh, when I was your age, stuff that like your uncle mm -hmm. would say to you. And not that he doesn't elevate it at points, but it's still kind of a a thin concept because you're all you're so familiar with it. This is stuff that... Yeah. Yeah, the music's not great. The lyrics aren't great. It's just it's a it's like a D D plus. So all the moving all on. the things that would normally bump it up for you. Uh, before we do move on, I do want to point out this is the one point on this album where our death toll does go up by one. Body count. Body count. Body count. Yeah, motherfucker. Because at one point, he does say that when he was your age, his dad would chop him into little pieces and play frisbee with his brain. <laughs> nice. What does that bring the death toll to? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I'll get oh, that boy. to you at a you later We're really date. disappointing that one listener who was so excited about our recurring bits. Sorry, whoever you are. <laughs> they probably have the accurate death toll and are more mad that I keep getting the number wrong. <laughs> Track number eight. Surprise, this is my favorite parody of the album. Just take the rest home in a doggy bag if you wanna. You can finish it mañana. Well, it's been a pleasure. I can eat no more. Senor La Cuenta, por favor. If you ain't ever tried real Mexican cooking, well, you oughta. Just don't drink the water. Taco. Grande. <laughs> Taco One of the grande. notes I wrote down is just, I drew a couple hearts and then wrote, I just gotta have a tostada, carne asada. <laughs> I 
and I, yeah, I didn't pick the best part of it again because I I was done with everything uh, by the time I pulled these clips. But the the first verse is very very good wordplay, man. Just fitting in all those all the the Mexican foods and some Spanish. My other note that I wrote is stupid, but totally worth doing. Yes, a hundred percent. And this is kind of like a lasagna part two. Totally. Um, but, but only I can I can like this one because it's not racist towards me. So it's he okay, almost does this. the exact same voice for both Mexicans and Italians <laughs> too, which should be offensive to everybody. But man, it's so silly. But I I love the delivery. I love the cadence. I love the. It's very well written. Most of it. It's I mean, great. It and is... Rico Suave is not around anymore. But it doesn't really matter. This is and a... it's equally stupid. It goes back to that whole thing for where sure. stupid song. And stupid parody, kind of like the um, what was the last one we said that about spam in the place we are? REM stand, silly song, silly parody. It's, it's a home run. And Works this album is a lot of again, besides the Nirvana track, look at these songs that were in regular old popular music. These are already novelty songs to begin with. Yep, New Kids on That's the Block and definitely rico suave these were never meant to make people with lasting careers these were can't touch this too for sure these are all one hit wonder flash in the pan things because there were there wasn't good music it wasn't happening (laughs) now this next one another original kind of like a power pop style parody is again not really funny it could easily be passed off as just a as just a regular cool song from that era so let's take a listen to airline amy It's so good and a legitimate love song. It's just, yeah. there's no, and then she stabbed me in the throat. There's <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's no irony, but I shaved no her twist. hair off and left her in the desert. He there's just no loves her and wants to hang out. Yeah, and she just happens to be a stewardess. So that's it. It's great. It's just that's, an earnest love song, which is rare. That's no more a weird song or like a novelty song than anything that the vandals wrote in the 90s it's just there's just a concept to a love song that's all that is and it's phenomenal i love this song too it's great i mean i don't know what else found a little piece of heaven on a 747 is a great lyric it's not funny it's just great you could easily sneak this into just like some other playlist and people would not know it's weird al i mean just they might know by his voice but like it's like yeah this is a cool song who is this weird al what weird al yankovic what other weird owls are there? <laughs> is that what I sound uh, like? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I nailed that New Hampshire accent, no? I mean, I've been working on it. I talk to my kids in Jay Shanoin voice all day long. Like, so you just look at them disapprovingly? <laughs> like, <laughs> kids, are you ready for St. Patrick's Day dinner? <laughs> I told you I was working on it. That's way less New Hampshire and way more Midwest that you're here. I was actually really. Born, I thought it was too too Bostony, but I, I don't know. I was born in. I mean, what you just did is not what I sound like. <laughs> That's what you sound like when I have the mix off and you're too loud. That's what it sounds like to me. 
<laughs> you guys can always see Jay's face right now. Uh, so I don't even beautiful. know how to describe that. Uh, that was the best. I was it's crying because like... I was laughing so hard. That's <laughs> but I also see a little bit of sad contemplation and despair. That's just constant. That's just my face. Is it hot in here? Track 10. <laughs> Another one I do not have a clip of is the plumbing song which i also did not see coming didn't remember this and then i totally remembered it how much i did not care for it it's millie vanilli it's a, it's like a combo it's a double whammy of both of millie vanilli's songs that it had already come out at the point where they had not sung is what you said earlier right like because he was late to this one still trying to get it together you can't make me talk yet uh <laughs> yes so this Album, he had the idea for the song. <laughs> he had the idea for the song, and I think may have actually recorded the song. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, has anyone ever done an impression of you to you before? They have to, have, right? <laughs> I don't. Does not happen, not, I mean, definitely, like, this was not the first time. <laughs> uh, it's definitely been a while. <laughs> and that one in particular was... Wonderful and terrible at the same time. <laughs> and background, like we don't know each other that well, and I've definitely no, never done an impression of you. But you just enunciated and yelled, which are definitely two of the <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> Volume and clarity—that's how you get a good Jason Noyan impression, kids. Oh, oh my God, Millie Vanilli parody. I believe he had it written, or he had the concept. And then the album didn't come out again because he wasn't sure what was going to be the big single. Like he was kind of holding off until the album was better, I think, basically. So he wasn't like moving along with it as quickly as he had planned. And by the time the album came out, Millie Vanilli had already been like canceled for lip syncing and became a even more of a joke than they were to begin with. Yeah. And the big joke here is it's baby. Don't forget my number. And what is it? Baby, let me call my plumber. It's like King of Suede or a couple other ones where the concept is just I own a business. Except in this one, he doesn't even own the business. He's not even a plumber. He just knows a plumber. It's bizarre. It did not work for me. However, the album closes very strongly. And I love, with an original that I love too. This was my, just, just Miss being my favorite by a hair. Just because this one... He's done like three or four of the, almost this exact same style of song. It's almost like a quadrilogy, but it's still amazing. And I think one of the top one or two of this genre. So let's listen to You Don't Love Me Anymore. Oh, if you don't mind me asking what's this poisonous cobra doing in my underwear drawer? Sometimes I get to thinking you don't love me anymore so uh original i think that's kind of in the vein of like those you know heavy metal ballads the more sure than this is of my pick for favorite original and this was the one that i went into this knowing i was probably gonna end up picking it because it's just when i think weird al this is one of the songs that i immediately go to this is in my opinion one of the best songs he, he will ever write and it's 
phenomenal. It's it's very good, and it's that classic kind of warped breakup-y song, or kind of an anti-love song. Yeah, it's one of those what I keep calling hashtag songs with scorned lover is... Like if you if you could click on the hashtag to see the category, you would have several Weird Al songs in there. I think this is like the ultimate one for for the scorned lover songs. This is the most that he really nails that concept, and the best it's pulled off, in my opinion. Not a parody, but for the video, he wanted to release this song as a single, and in order to do that, because on MTV all of his videos have been for parodies and you just parody the video. So the label said you can release it as a single, but you need to parody a video for the video. So he parodied more than words by extreme. Yep. Leading a lot of people to believe this was supposed to be a parody of that song. It's not. It's just like you said, it sounds yeah. like that. It's a pistachio. Sure. <laughs> it sounds like that heavy metal band doing a slow song. Who else had videos like that? Tesla did a lot of the stool sitting on the stool in black and white, right? Did they have one of a lot those? of stool sitting going on in the late <laughs> '80s and early '90s? Poison. Every rose has its thorn. Reminds me of that. I still go with uh, one more minute as my favorite hashtag scorned lover. Sure, if that counts. It's, it's a good a one. More. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. There's that. There's also like a hidden track that was on some of the albums, I believe, but not all of them, and you had to play it and then did you have to rewind the cd like after a certain point or something like that am i remembering that correctly i don't remember if it was on on the cd if you had to wait an extended period of time after the last track like the last track was just really long like 18 minutes or if you had to rewind into the negative space there were a couple cds that i definitely have where you had to do that you had to go to track one and then go negative time rewind and there would be a little something in there for you yeah, or it would just like click to like track number ninety nine, like it would be like ten seconds, ten seconds, like and you would go all the way to ninety nine. You'd have to click Marilyn it Manson's trick, yeah. And then Corn had an album that started at track thirteen. The first twelve oh. were just silence. God, a lot oh. of fun had with with track numbers back in those nineteen yeah. nineties. You missed out on a good time, kids. When we yeah, were, you'll never know what it's like to find a little surprise. What are you going to listen to a podcast for like 20 minutes of dead air and then there's a little surprise at the end? Yeah, good luck with that. When I was your age. Uh, anything else we got to talk about with this album? It, so again, it runs off the strength of, of Smells Like Nirvana. I think revisiting this one, it probably ranks a little lower than I expected it to. It's not awesome, but... It definitely has some some real high points. It starts strong and it ends strong. It for sure um, does, and it is a worthy comeback album for him, absolutely. And it's a great welcome to the '90s, Weird Al. Thanks for thanks for coming back in this new decade. We're glad you're with us. God, if Nirvana didn't come along, this he might have had two bombs in a row, and that literally could have been the end of it. If Nirvana didn't come along, it could have been the end of popular music, from <laughs> what what I have seen. Airline Amy could have been a legit hit, actually, if Nirvana That's didn't come true. along. Music was that bad. Airline Amy <laughs> could have legitimized. He could have just been out. Al. Al Yankovic. I would have been okay with that. Didn't just the originals. Serious totally, Al. Totally cool. <laughs> Serious Al Yankovic. So there you have it. Off the deep end. What's next, Jay? Next, we have Alapalooza, and it came out in 1993. And guess what? It didn't do that well because he didn't oh give it time. You try to do an album every year, Al. You think he's aware of that? When he takes two years instead of one, they do better or they're just better 
critically? Or? This is, I believe, the last time that there's only a one-year gap in between two albums. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think he noticed. As alternative grows based, you know, off Nirvana and pop music kind of goes into hiding a little bit, that just that whole genre, that whole alternative genre is just so ripe because it is way more serious for the most part. And it yeah. and it's so much more fun to make fun of. And there's just there's just so many great different bands with their own specific sounds that were just for right sure. for parodying. So I yeah. can't wait to to revisit them and hear all the little hidden gems coming up. So that's it for this week. Off the deep end, uh, we will talk to you in two weeks right here on the Masters of None feed, also on SoundCloud. And our theme song, of course, got to shout out the Fantastic Plastics. Check them out, uh, thefantasticplastics.com and on twitch.tv slash fantasticplastics. Thanks to our pal Graham for our amazing logo and, and Jay, of course, doing these very specific, high concept, super Photoshop skill episode artworks. Well done on those, dude. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram. See what we're talking about uh, at Weird Albums on Twitter at Weird Albums Pod. Spread the word. We appreciate y'all listening and uh, talk to you in two weeks on Weird Albums. See ya. Weird Albums. I used a green sparkly gel pen to write my notes this week. <laughs>